Hello. That was pitiful. Hello. See, that's good. Isn't that nice? Um, so, if anyone, uh, does anyone, is anyone around like the east end of Princess Street a lot during the week? Yeah, a few hands. Isn't it such a mess? You know, Lee Street was closed for ages because they're redeveloping the St. James Center, which thank goodness, because it was such an ugly, awful building. Um, but it's being redeveloped and it's been, yeah, that's what it used to look like. I mean, it's grim, isn't it? Nobody wants to go there. Um, so it's being redeveloped. Lee Street was closed for ages. The whole place just looks like such a mess. And the plan that they've got is pretty ambitious. So this is what it looks like at the minute. Wow, it's intense, isn't it? I don't understand anything that's happening there. And then this is what it's gonna look like. Ooh, it's again, kind of weird. Like, what is that? A giant, towering, like, whip? I think it's actually called the whip because whenever I um, was Googling this throughout the week, um, one of the pictures like saved with the name The Whip. So that's gonna look great in 20 years, isn't it? We're not gonna regret that at all. So uh, funnily enough, I don't really know a lot about um, major redevelopments, but I have a few like accolades to my name in that I did build a lot of Lego as a child. Um, I built really sensible things, and also I love grand designs. So I figure that that gives me at least like a basic level of expertise around construction in the same way that watching like, you know, 14 series of Grey's Anatomy basically means that I'm a doctor, right? <laughs> you know, there's a lot of words that I understand. But as far as I can tell, this current stage, so what it currently looks like, this is a very necessary stage. You know, all the like the pylons and the concrete and the steel is really necessary in order to hold up what is a very ambitious structure because it has to last. You know, we want it to be a safe building for people to be in, even if they don't understand what on earth it actually looks like. It needs to, we need to do all this stuff in order for it to last. And as I was looking at this and thinking about um, what I wanted to share this evening, I thought like, man, sometimes doesn't life feel a little bit like a construction site? You know, a mess of diggers and cranes and dirt and a lot of unfinished things. And the vision that we had for our lives seems like a very long way off. We started with this plan, and then we got into the midst of it, and we look around and we think, where on earth am I? I mean, I don't think any of us want our lives to look like a tiring golden ice cream, but I think that we will have ambitious plans for our lives, you know? We'll have dreams that we wanna go after, maybe even just like very normal things, things that we are building towards, dreams that we might keep quietly in our hearts, we're not shouting about them to anyone things that we wanna see happen or we wanna be a part of, and then we find ourselves in the middle of the construction and it feels painful. And on the ground, we can wonder, how on earth is this gonna turn into what we thought we'd imagined? I think, that, I think that God wants to do some work on our foundations. Because in this stage of construction 
and of deconstruction as well, of development. Our foundations are what will hold us up and our foundations are also what will be tested. You see, there are a lot of things that we say we believe, right? Like we believe in the Bible. We believe that it's the word of God. We believe in prayer. We believe that God hears us when we speak to him. We believe in Jesus. We believe that he died. We believe that he rose again. We believe in healing. We believe in the church. But when life happens all around us, do we actually know why we believe those things? Do we know why we believe them? Do we know what relevance they have to how we live our lives and what power they hold for transformation in us and in the world around us? Maybe some of you do, that's great, but maybe for others of you it just kind of depends on the day or what's happening. See, we need to have good foundations because that will be what holds us up. We need to have good foundations laid in order to grow. And sometimes we need to go back to those foundations and take a look at them and see if they are actually secure or if they have been compromised in any way. And this, this, this series over the next um, couple of months, we're going to go back to our foundations, go back to the foundations of our faith. We wanna explore some of the things that we say we believe and figure out why we believe them so that we can be a people who are strong and sure of what it is that we have decided to base our lives upon. And this is for everyone. If you're brand new to this stuff, this will give you insight and perspective on some of the core things that we believe as Christians. And if you've been following Jesus for a really long time, then this is a chance to come and embrace a strengthening that starts from the ground up. Because God is strong and he wants you strong too. Why? because he has more for us. He has more for us. And when your life feels a bit like a building site, what he says to us is don't give up and don't lose heart. I have more for you because God is strong and he wants you strong. And he is, whether you believe it tonight or not, he is building something incredible in your life for each and every person in this room. He is building something incredible in your life, but he really wants it to last. So he's working on the foundations because he knows more about the end result than we do. And he never loses sight of the vision. Zach read a little bit from the passage of, of scripture that we're looking at tonight, and Lorna read us that beautiful poem as well earlier. And we're gonna read that section again. This is from a book called Ephesians, which is a letter in the New Testament. It was written by Paul to the church in Ephesus. Paul was a missionary in Ephesus for a couple of years, so he really knew these people, he invested in them. And he also wrote this letter while he was in jail which 
when you read it then, is kind of incredible, the things that he is able to say from that place. So we're going to read it together. This is Ephesians chapter 3. If you have a Bible, you can follow along or it will be on the screen behind me. We're starting at verse 14. So it says, For this reason I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever Amen. It's a good prayer, right? I mean, if you want a prayer, that's the kind of prayer that you want to be praying. I don't know about you, but I really want the immeasurably more. I really want the immeasurably more than all I can ask or imagine. And God, our Father, is the God of the immeasurably more the more that surpasses our best and our wildest dreams, that goes beyond our most impossible imaginings. And he says that his power is working in us right now. I wanna get there, I'm sure you do as well. And God knows that we want this, but he really wants it to last. How do you keep hope and faith and strength and courage to press into the immeasurably more whenever you are standing in the building side of your life wondering what on earth happened and what on earth is going to happen next? Well, I think this prayer that Paul prays gives us some clues and we're just going to walk through a few of these phrases together and then we're going to worship. We're going to let God get to work at our foundations. So let's look at it together. Verse 16, it says, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. Has anyone here got some glorious riches? I'd like to be your friend if you do. I just did my tax return, so I am painfully aware that I do not possess glorious riches, and any small holdings of the less than glorious riches I did have have now been taken away from me by the taxman, which is just the worst, worst day of the year. Anyone else, anyone else uh, self-employed and with me on that? Yep, okay, no one, great, okay, well, you guys are having a great month. January, January sucks for those of us who are self-employed. Why does Paul use this language here? Is it to kind of draw us in thinking that God is going to make some like sizable deposit of cash in our bank accounts? I don't think so. He's not preaching a prosperity gospel here. After all, he is in jail. 
But this is about reconfiguring our understanding of who God is. Because you see, we won't really believe or trust that God can strengthen us with his power in a way that will last if we don't believe that he is the greatest provider that there is. We won't believe in that strengthening if we don't believe that God is our provider. If I am looking for strength in my inner being, strength that will last and will sustain, if I am looking for that in how much I earn or what I own or who I know or what I have, then I am not only shortchanging myself, I am actually also rejecting the glorious riches that are presented to me. Who is your provider? Like really, who is your provider? Have you got a little cynical about that? What would this year look like? What would the rest of your life look like if you really began to believe that the God of more than enough is living inside of you? If you began to live out of the glorious riches of God so that any other riches of this world, relational riches, physical riches, monetary riches, were all secondary to the glorious riches of God. This is not the normal way to do things. This is not the way that the world presents to us like, yeah, this is the way to progress in your life. We're choosing to live reliant on God and not reliant on ourselves. Because I don't know about you, but I feel myself all the time. Like I feel all the time. I think I'm able to provide for myself and then I get to the end of the month and I'm like, oh man, I've got no money left. You know, if I can't even get that sorted, how am I meant to be the best provider for myself that will sustain? I am not enough. But actually, I was never asked to be everything for myself. I want to live a life that is reliant on God and not reliant on myself. Because God is strong and he wants me strong too. I don't know about you, but I think inner strength doesn't really seem like it would appear on the usual list of things that you want to acquire. Would it when you were like sitting down with your friends at the beginning of the year, being like, what are your goals for the year? Like, I wanna exercise more. I wanna, I don't know, I'm trying to remember what I said. Clearly going really well. You know, I wanna read more. I wanna earn more money. I want a new job. I want to buy a house. I want some inner strength. Did that come up for anyone? I don't know, maybe it did. It didn't come up for me, you know? It's certainly not a phrase that we bandy about an awful lot. We wouldn't verse it like that. We don't use that language, but actually we really do need it. And if you look, you will see that people are searching for inner strength everywhere. That is why people search out new ways of living. You know, a shorter working week, 
because we want more time off to do the things that we love. Unplugging more, self-care, yoga, meditation, minimalism. That is why everyone you know is watching a Netflix show at the minute about how to fold your clothes. Has anyone else seen it? You need to watch it because it's gonna change your life, man. You will never be so happy when you open your drawers and you just, you see this beautifully folded clothes. We are searching for it everywhere because the tick box isn't doing what we thought it would do. Something is missing and we try and fill the hole. That's why Paul prays that we will be strengthened in our inner being because that goes right back to the foundations. If you try and fix a structure along the way and add things in here and there and patch it up, then it might be okay for a while and it will look fine, but it will not last. What would it look like for you to begin to trust in God as your provider rather than yourself? And that may take a real shift in how you operate in your life. But I don't want to get through my year, I don't want to get through my life and realize that I rejected the glorious riches of God and simply relied on the small holdings of riches that I conjured up for myself. Have you done a quick fix on your life anywhere? Have you reinforced where really some rebuilding was what was needed? What would it look like for God to strengthen you at your core? Let's look on, it goes, it goes on to say in verse 17, and I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. Paul is telling us something here that should be one of our deepest concerns in life, to be rooted and established in love, because it is from that place that according to this bit of the Bible, we will fully grasp God's love for us. And sometimes there are so many other things that I am concerned with rather than whether I am rooted and established in love. Because it seems like kind of a lofty concept, doesn't it? And I mean, don't get me wrong, I love a lofty concept. But on a Tuesday morning in January when it's cold and it's dark and I'm dealing with just the mundanity of my day, it can be hard to figure out if I'm rooted and established in love. And it can feel like another Christian thing that you're not doing very well at, but don't tell anybody because probably everyone else is brilliant at it and you should have got this one figured out. Anyone else feel like that sometimes? We keep quiet about the things that we have a little bit of insecurity about, just in case somebody finds us out. What if we've got it wrong? See, look at what it says here. It says, and I pray that you being rooted and established in love. 
It's very easy to read that as a marker to which we are not living up to. But I don't think that's what this means. It doesn't say, get your act together and root and establish yourself in love. It says that we already are rooted and established in love. This is how we are defined in this passage, you being rooted and established. This is not something we do for ourselves. This is something that is done for us. If you are a follower of Jesus, then you are already rooted and established in love, which means that security is not something you need to search for. Sure, there may be areas of your life where you would like some more security. Me too, but really, those are just the trappings. There is a steadiness, there is a steadfastness which has been freely given to us. We just get a choice as to whether we build upon it. There's a song that we sing quite a lot here. Coincidentally, Carl actually helped to write it, which is just weird and I just will never get my head around that and it's really not fair because he's not even a musician you know but anyway you will know it you, I'm sure he would love to talk to you about it so when he comes back that can be one of the first things that you ask him about but it says this I will build my life upon your love it is a firm foundation I will put my trust in you alone and I will not be shaken you see, the firm place, the steady place is there. We have already been rooted and established in love, so stop uprooting yourself. Stop building on other ground and build on this. Because it's from this place that we get to experience a love that surpasses knowledge, a love for us, tailor-made, fought and died and won for us. Build on this. And this is something that is always true as well. We're always looking for truth in our lives, in every aspect of it, and all over the world, it seems like everyone is trying to figure out what is true. But this is always true. Even when your life looks nothing like you imagined, if you follow Jesus, there is never a point where you are not rooted and established in love, which is incredibly heartening, because more often than not, our lives kind of look like they are in the middle of construction. There are unfinished things, some demolition as well. Sometimes it is incredibly painful. Demolition sometimes hurts. That is why we need to know that in the midst of it all, we are still rooted and established. We have not lost our firm footing. God, our provider, wants to deeply strengthen us from within. He has given us a firm foundation on which to stand.
And there is a love for us that is beyond all that we could know. And then Paul ends, now, to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we could ask or imagine. All we could ask or imagine. Your best ideas, your wildest dreams, immeasurably more. You cannot outdream God. You cannot outdream God. That dream that you are holding in your heart, don't give up. And don't let go, because these promises are forming something in us if we let them. And the place that these promises find their feet and the place that we find relief in the waiting is in the presence of God. The presence of God is fuel to the fire of the promises in our life. I don't know about you, but sometimes it is hard even to believe for the things that I am asking or imagining, never mind getting my head around the notion that God has immeasurably more for me. And if I try and comprehend that on my own, I would explode. But the answer is right here in this prayer. God is our greatest provider. He has glorious riches. He wants to strengthen us deeply from within, not just as a veneer, not just as a facade, deeply within. He has already rooted and established us in love. That's a fact. We just choose as to whether we build on it. And he loves us so much that it is beyond our human comprehension. This is the place from which we embrace the immeasurably more. So do you want more? Do you want more of God? Do you want more than you could ever ask or imagine? My guess is that you do. So we've got to let God work on our foundations. We have to let him get right to the core of what we're standing on. Because he wants this to last. So we're going to worship together because that's a really great way to let God work on things in our lives, is to come into a place of worship, of surrender, like we were singing about, of choosing to trust him, and of opening ourselves up to him. There is no safer place than the presence of God. There is no safer place to let your guard down than in the presence of God.
And maybe that's what you actually need to do tonight. Maybe you haven't let your guard down in front of anyone for a long time. Why don't you start by letting your guard down in front of Jesus tonight? You don't have to say anything special. You don't need to use the right words. You just need to say, I'm here. I want you to show me what you're doing in my life. So let me pray. Why don't you stand with me if you're able? God, we thank you that you are able to do immeasurably more than all we could ask or imagine. That your power is at work in us. We thank you that you are our greatest provider. Will you show us where we have been relying on other things? We thank you that you want to do some deep work in us. Will you show us where we have glossed over things? Will you show us where we have put a veneer on the things that are really hard and that we need to deal with? Strip us of our facades tonight, God. Thank you that you have already rooted and established us in love. Will you show us where we have chosen to build somewhere else? You welcome us back. Your foundation that is firm and is steady has not disappeared. We want to stand on that.